dreamers, this is Lucy, and welcome to another episode of the Self-Made Expats with Lucy Jan, where I interview expats from all across the globe to share their inspiring and motivating stories. Today, I'm here with Boozy Gweezy, who immigrated to Canada from South Africa in 2019. She worked in the tech industry for the past 10 years, both in South Africa and Canada. And also, she is a content creator. She creates amazing content around immigration to Canada. So if you're planning to immigrate to Canada or interested in the life in Canada, definitely check her YouTube channel, TikTok, and Instagram. Her content is truly amazing and very, very helpful for anyone who's looking to immigrate to Canada or interested in anything, you know, Canada. <laughs> also, she is a mom of two boys. I definitely have so many questions uh, about her life and her journeys. I'm super excited for today's uh, podcast interview. So yeah, I mean, welcome to the show, Boozy. So excited to have Thank you here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for having me, Lucy. I'm excited to be here. I'm super excited. Is there anything that I missed from the intro? Anything that you want to include or add? The only thing I'd want to add is that I've also lived in the Netherlands. But other than that, it was perfect. Yes, yeah. yes, you live in the Netherlands. Yes, yes, yes. I definitely want to talk more about that too. Okay, thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, mentioning that. Okay, so I am... So I'm really excited to hear about your immigration journey. Um, so you're the first South African on my podcast. I'm super excited. And also the funny thing is that, yeah. Uh, and then when I first found a job in Canada, my boss, my hiring manager is from South Africa. So I have a, such a good, oh, nice. yeah, such a good experience working with, you know, uh, my boss from South Africa. So I'm like super curious about, you know, your immigrant journey, you know, how, you know, especially like comparing your life in South Africa and your current life in Canada, how different it is. You know, I've never been to South Africa, so I'm really curious uh, about that. And also, you know, why Canada? I'm sure you, you're getting asked these questions a lot. But like, yeah, I'm yeah. curious about your journey and why did you choose, the, choose Canada to immigrate? Yeah, so I grew up in South Africa, born in South Africa, and I lived there for 27 years of my life, which is quite a long time. When I finished my university studies um, in my postgrad, I was in a program that was a skills and leadership development type program. And Cisco was a company that was one of the sponsors. So this is a company that I've worked for at some point in, in the beginning of my career. They were sponsoring this program and I got to work with a number of people that worked there. They were my mentors mm -hmm. and there's an opportunity that came up to join Cisco. And the person who gets into the role would be based in Amsterdam for a year because that's where one of the training hubs was. And that's how I initially started my job and like started working right after university and I was based in Amsterdam in the Netherlands for oh, wow. a year. So that was my first taste of life outside of South Africa. <laughs> wow. And then one of the biggest things when I lived in Amsterdam, because I was used to staying at home and then going to university, I stayed in res, but there was always this 
you cannot, as a female in South Africa, in the areas that I lived in, I grew up in Johannesburg and I studied in Pretoria. It's still in the same province. But generally, especially in, at night, you are not going to randomly just be outside mm. by yourself or even if you're a group of females. And when I lived in Amsterdam, that was the first time where I got to experience a place that was so safe that you could be outside at night. It's like it maybe colleagues are like, oh, let's meet up after after work or on a weekend or something. And you end up coming home late. For the longest time, I didn't feel safe. Yeah. Like I was, I, I could see other people doing it, but it felt like I shouldn't be doing this. I should be at home or I should have someone who's a male who's with us just so I can feel safe. And I was living by myself. I remember the apartment that I lived in, the door, the front door, it was glass, like a huge part of it was glass. And I'm thinking, why on earth would you have like a see-through front door? This is oh, weird. Gosh. Yeah. And it took a while for me to just get comfortable with it. And even going to jog on the street by myself mm. in Amsterdam, it was a, it was a couple of months of mm. living there. In South Africa, I felt more comfortable going to jog with my husband. Like if mm. he's around, then I'll go jogging outside in the street with him. And in Amsterdam, it just took a while. But once I did it, I was like, wow, like you can live you know, and be free and not have to think about so many things happening. And the thing with South Africa was that even if you are living in certain suburban areas where you are in a gated community, there's a security guard at the gate, there started being hijackings that would happen. And one of the biggest things having kids was that somebody could potentially maybe try and hijack us and then they take the car and they take the kids and what's going to happen. Mm. So I think I think the biggest thing with the escalating issues with um, crime, mostly thinking about our kids was one of the biggest drivers for us to look at leaving South Africa and then also having experienced Amsterdam. Because the time I lived there, my husband also came and he visited a couple of times. And He's also somebody who had thought of living abroad and wanted to live abroad when he was growing up. And we just thought, okay, let's look at our options. And when he brought it up initially, I remember just thinking, oh man, we've built a life here. It's comfortable. Why do we want to uproot and go start something new somewhere else? You know, we don't know what's going to happen. But then I was looking at everything that was happening and he was bringing up a lot of points and things that, you know, this happened in this estate, we moved to a different one, but things just seem to be getting worse from that aspect of things. So that was one of the biggest drivers. And we looked at a number of countries that we could potentially move to. And can Canadians um, education system was also a pull for us having kids. And we eventually decided that, okay, Canada makes sense. There's a very clear path as well to citizenship because I didn't want to be in a position where I've moved to a different country, mm. but becoming a citizen where I feel like I'm integrated and I'm part yeah. of the society maybe is something that's not going to happen or it might take 10 years, maybe, who knows? So that was very important to me. And Canada was one of those countries that made sense well like okay three years is not a very long mm. time and we have the opportunity to apply mm. for citizenship and that's that was 
essentially part of the reasons why we chose Canada. And here we are. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Before we talk about uh, your, your immigration to Canada, I definitely want to talk a little bit more about your life in the Netherlands. You mentioned that, you know, it's your first, you know, experience living abroad and um, in terms of like safety and, you know, I'm sure, you know, it, you know, as you said, like it took like a couple months for you to adjust to this new environment. When you first realized that, oh my gosh, like, can I, can I jog by myself? And can I go outside with my friends at night with only girls? Like, how did you feel? Like, did you feel a bit of like relief or freedom or like, you know, because and then when you are back to South Africa, did you miss, uh, you know, the life that you tasted in Amsterdam or how, how, how was your yeah journey? Yeah, when I got to a point where I was like, OK, I can do this and it's safe. It's safe because mm. in the beginning, it definitely felt like I'm seeing other people do it. I have never heard or seen in the news or there being a history of something happening to a female or anyone for that matter. It just took a while. But when I got to a point where it felt I felt safe, I was like, this is such a liberating feeling that I mm. never even thought I could experience in my life because I only knew what I was used to staying in South Africa and living in South Africa for majority of my life. And going back to South Africa, it felt like, it felt restrictive. Mm. It felt very, very restrictive because now, oh, you're a female. You can't think about doing this type of a thing. If you are going to be going out, even with, with it, even if it's just you and your friends, you have to be mindful and think, okay, I need to be back at this time. Or maybe someone needs to come and fetch yeah. me. Maybe my husband or maybe my bro one of my brothers or dad. Somebody's dropping me off, fetching me, but it's just not... It's not a place I felt free and open to just mm. be out by myself and do things. And one of the, the contrasts or things that I remember after we moved to Canada, we had gotten into um, our house, the house that we're in now. We were still like very early, like putting furniture around and it was very late. It was midnight. And my husband is like, oh, we haven't had anything to eat. Like, and it's very late, you know, a lot of places are closed and mm -hmm. I can't remember what he was busy with, but I'm like, okay, no, I can go and get pizza. There was a pizza place that was open. And then I'm driving to the place. I get the pizza. When I park, there's a, a car that parks next to me. There's three girls that comes out. I order the pizza. I'm sitting, I'm waiting for the pizza. And then I think to myself, in what world would I ever done something like this living in South Africa even for my husband to feel comfortable that I just left the house yeah. and it's midnight yeah. and then I'm bumping into girls who are also just by themselves going to get pizza and that was one of the things that just made me think you know there's a different way of life that we might not ever know exists mm. until you actually experience it so going back to South Africa after living in Netherlands it was a tough transition. Like yeah. it was, it was, yeah, mentally it, it, it was a transition and I missed it. I missed it a lot. As much as I love South Africa, it's home, you know, there's a lot of things that, that work and are, and are good, but I do believe that every single person deserves to experience just that living without anxiety and fear of, oh, somebody might try to take something from me that doesn't belong to them. So mm. yeah, it's, it's been an experience for sure. 
Wow, thanks for sharing. Wow. So when you decided to uh, move to Canada, were there any other countries that you were considering? And also, how did you do research? Like, or like, did you did you travel to Canada before? Or like, if you didn't, then how did you know that? Oh my gosh, you know, my life is gonna be better in Canada. Or you know, how did you you know how was the research the process? Yeah, it's so funny how I lived in Europe. And when I lived in Europe, we traveled to a number of European countries. And we've also been to the US, a number of states in the US, and other parts of Africa and Asia. And then the country we chose to move to is the one we had never been to. (laughs) (laughs) We had never been to Canada before. And Going through the process, I remember there was a point where we thought, oh, maybe we should visit, like, you know, just to see Mm. how it is. But then we also thought Canada is so big. Yeah. Are we going to go to Ontario and then BC? And like, we're we're never going to go every single place, right? Um, And from a choosing perspective, we considered the fact that we have kids. So we looked at the fact that we have kids. We looked at languages. Um, One of the biggest things for me and Europe, like the language aspect of things just didn't work. I remember when I lived in Amsterdam, my bank account was in Dutch. I'm like, why can't they have like an English to, you know, like it was things like that. And even when I was renting like the place that I leased my apartment, they gave me a Dutch uh, contract, but they mm-hmm. had the English translation of it. But it essentially said if there would be anything that is disputed or it needs to go to court or whatever happens, the Dutch version of that lease is what's going to be used. I don't oh, speak Dutch. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So there were a lot of things where when we looked at Europe, for example, I was like, I am not I'm not interested. I love visiting a lot of these countries, but I don't want to stay in a country where the language that is the main language is not one that I understand because English is also like, it's an additional language. Like I have my home languages that we speak at home and I had to learn English. And as much as I did it from like a very young age at school, but I I just didn't want to go through learning another language on that level. So language was a very big one. And then knowing that there will be public schools or even private schools, like if we would choose to go down that path for our schools, but the level of education is a decent one. That was also very important. And the immigration path, as I mentioned, just looking at the pathway, like, okay, we move, we can move as permanent residents. It's not tied to us having a job. So if whatever happens in life, we are not having to now leave. So for example, if you move to the US which with the H1B visa, if you don't if you lose your job or something, yeah. you have a certain number of days and you have to be yeah. home. That was not the permanent I was looking mm. for or we were looking for with my husband. So Canada just ticked a lot of boxes and was that was the reason why we thought okay, we've never been to this place. Um, we also tried looking up a lot of videos on YouTube, but the internet, just Google, Googling stuff, reading websites, blogs that we could find. That was our form of trying to research. And the biggest thing I found when we were looking up even videos on YouTube, a lot of people were showing it from a touristy perspective. Mm. So if you want to come to Canada, these are the tourist destinations. And we were just looking for the life, like living in Canada type of content. And at the time, it really wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the things after I moved and then people, other people were expressing an interest in potentially moving as well 
and they wanted to see oh okay can we see like the outside and i thought to myself we actually wanted to see this mm. and it's i started doing town tours on my channel where we'll go to a new tour and we're going there to explore it ourselves we don't know the place and then i'll just record and i share that with people but youtube was a big place as much as it at the time it wasn't as helpful because it was showing canada for tourism perspective so if you're coming to visit here are the top 10 places you want to see which was not as helpful for us who were trying to immigrate but that was mainly it and then i also had a colleague who had a sister who had moved to alberta mm. so that was the one person we got to speak to um, but that was after we had our confirmation of tour. Oh, okay. so it wasn't at the point where we were still trying to decide because i i started just speaking to people and saying hey we're going to be moving um and then she happened to have someone in canada who was open to speaking to us and she had us considering alberta i remember we thought oh maybe we could go to alberta but we we chose ontario because from a career perspective we just thought there's going to be a lot more opportunities this side and that's why we ended up picking ontario wow Wow. Yeah. I mean, like on that note, like the uh, the content that you were searching for, like, uh, you know, when you were doing research about like moving to Canada, I 100% on the same page with you, even for me as well. Like, you know, when I was trying to at one point, I was trying to think of like, you know, trying out like Montreal as well. Um, and then I was trying to find some videos or resources uh, on YouTube and Google. I couldn't like only only content that I see is like top 10. I'm not I'm not looking for like traveling content right now. I want to <laughs> see how actual people I want leave. To live. Yeah, I want to leave. Yes. I want to see how people leave. So that's why I remember like I was searching for maybe blogs and stuff like that because I want to see their daily life. Where do they go and how yeah. how do they leave as an immigrant? Right. So that's why your content is so valuable for so many like, you know, even like, you know, newcomers as well and an aspiring immigrants as well right because you're showing your your current life uh living in canada so that i think uh that's uh your content definitely your content is definitely helpful for uh for so many people and also i kind of resonate with you uh when you talked about the language uh because i used to live in the netherlands although although yeah. netherlands like dutch people can speak english very well and you can definitely 100 percent you know communicate in english and everything however when you go to cafe when you go to restaurant when you go to bank you know it can there's be tough. A, yeah, yeah, it can be tough as well. Even like, you know, road and signs and everything is written in Dutch, right? So it can be tough as well. And also, I don't know if you if you uh, experience the same feelings that I, that I I had as well, but like, I feel like, you know, for me as well, English is my second language. I had to learn it, right? So like, I don't know, when I was living in a country, even Montreal as well, they speak, the French is the first language, right? When, French, I, when I'm yeah, in, a, in a city yeah. or a country where the English is not the first language, I feel like, I feel a bit isolated a little bit. And I feel like when I communicate, I constantly, I don't know, constantly I'm conscious about, conscious about something. Yeah. yeah. You're thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it's, it's, one of the times where I realized how exhausting yeah. it can be to speak in a language that's not the one that just naturally comes mm. to you. It's exhausting. Because yeah. you have to, like, you're thinking, you're, you're kind of translating certain things and thinking, okay, I don't know. But it's it's it can be exhausting. It can mm. be exhausting. It can be exhausting. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> 
But I think, yeah, like in terms of like settling down and, uh, you know, finding our new home, I think I agree. Like Canada is a great place. Uh, it's super diverse. And um, I don't know, like how, how was it for you? Like you, you moved with your husband and your beautiful two kids. And uh, how was adjusting uh, to this new environment, like finding schools and finding a job and finding a place to live? And also like, was it easy for for you to find new circle of friends, etc. So, from an adjustment perspective, it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was okay. It was an okay and good experience, I will say, because a lot of uh, people will probably hear that oh, Canadians are friendly people, and people will ask, are they actually really friendly? <laughs> and I'll say yes. <laughs> there were so many people who, when they would hear, oh, you're new, you're looking for a place. There were so many people who were ready to offer like maybe advice or tips and just mm-hmm. tell you about things that you should look out for and know. And so that experience for us was not a very difficult one. One of the things um, with finding a place to stay, we initially like were using a realtor. It's not somebody who was recommended. And I think that would be something I would say, if you have someone who can recommend a person to you, Go for that option. But we found a person online, we reach out and that experience, it was not, it was not the greatest because they understood that we were new in the country. Mm. We're new in the country. Now they're coming back. They're saying, oh, the landlord, they want a deposit. You have to pay $5,000. But like this, it's illegal. I am new. I could find this information Mm -hmm. online. You're somebody who's supposed to be helping me. Mm -hmm. How are you even bringing this to the table? You Mm -hmm. know? So there's things like that where you also, as a person who is new, shouldn't just rely on whatever the person is telling you if they're like a realtor or something just because they're an expert in the field listen to them for sure but also go and try do your own searches or ask people if you can just to know is this legal is it the right way of doing Mm -hmm. things is this supposed to happen in this way because for us when we saw that this was not legal like they can't ask us for the first rent last rent plus this deposit wow it just doesn't make sense we were like, okay, no. That's a lot of money. On with you. Yeah. It was a lot. And imagine it's a lot even right now. Like oh. over four years ago, it was even more. Yeah. You know? So on that front, like with just that little experience, it was not a nice one. But after that, we found a very nice lady that we worked with. Mm. And it was a very smooth process mm. um, with her. And I remember she got the boys' toys because it was like, you're new. Oh. She was also an immigrant. And that's another part of yeah. it that I find. Like, if you find someone who's also been an immigrant, they understand so many things. And they seem to, like, be a lot more helpful. And I think it's the fact that they know what you're mm. going through. So um, I remember she had gifts. Like, she was like, my son, like, he shared two cars. And those were the first toys they ever had. And they still have those toys to this day. So that was really nice. And I think experiences like that, when I meet new people, and if there's something I can do, 
it feels like a way of paying it forward you know mm-hmm. if there's something that i can offer or oh, you you there was when i just moved and i completed my uh, driver's license there was another guy who moved um with his wife and he was going to do his license and i'm like here's the book i don't need it anymore oh, wow. he's like oh, i'm gonna return it and i'm like nope give it to the next person who moves what oh, am i gonna do with it because i've passed already that's you know so, nice of you, so yeah. little things like mm-hmm. that i find that there's a lot of helpful people mm-hmm. in canada especially in the immigrant space and people who are canadians generally from here mm-hmm. like they can also share a lot of info but um yeah from that settling perspective it was not difficult like getting into schools having our kids feel welcomed in the schools them making friends it was a very smooth process and they didn't struggle at all the teachers were also very supportive and it was a good experience and then from a job perspective uh, both my husband and I found jobs within the first month of oh, wow. moving. For me, it was around two weeks, like after like actively starting to look. Two weeks and we got the job. And one of the things I always talk about is uh, LinkedIn, the importance of having an updated LinkedIn profile and being active on the mm-hmm. site. All of the jobs that I've worked since I moved to Canada, it was because either a hiring manager or a recruiter found mm-hmm. me on LinkedIn because... It's optimized. It's optimized for me to be found if someone is looking for the type of role that I want. Mm -hmm. And that was the most important thing um, for me that has worked over the years. So even finding a job, it wasn't a very difficult process for us. And I thank LinkedIn for that. (laughs) I like, honestly, you're meant to meant to immigrate to Canada. Like tradition was like, you know, I'm sure there was, uh, you know, ups and downs and everything. And of course, there were challenges. But like, overall, it was like smooth transition. Your kids are happy and you found a job within two weeks. That's amazing. And yeah, yeah, I can agree with you more on like LinkedIn. Like LinkedIn is such a, you know, great platform to be in. As you mentioned, like optimize your LinkedIn and you're actually really attracting them to reach out to you. And uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's really cool. And I saw that like on your, you know, talking a little bit more about your your career and work experience as well. You're, you're, you worked in Cisco for quite a number of years in South Africa. And uh, and I saw that like you started as an engineer, if I'm not mistaken. And I did. Yeah. I did. So I, and then you, <laughs> I started as yeah. a pre-sales engineer. Yeah. I know. So, I, and then you became a customer success manager. A customer success manager is, in my opinion, like is one of the, uh, it's still in demand jobs and it's going to grow more and more because like retention sales, especially in software uh, companies are going to be more important than ever. So like customer success manager is like one of those jobs that I always recommend. <laughs> so like, can you share with us more about like, how was your, your, why did you make the transition from being a pre-sales engineer to customer success manager and how's your experience overall? Yeah. So when I was doing my pre-sales engineer role, a lot of customers that I would meet with, they bought our technology, you know, they're using a lot of the stuff that we've sold them. But if you are in that pre-sales stage, you don't really, you're not working with customers to make sure that Mm. they are using every single thing that they have and they understand every single thing that they have. They may come to you here and there if there's something that comes up and you help them maybe with that or direct them to somebody who might be better suited to help. 
But I remember there was this one particular customer who was sold collaboration, Mm. um, Cisco collaboration at the time. And the licensing that they had bought at the time, they were buying it for a phone. It was a phone that they had, but it came with instant messaging and presence. But it's not something they needed at the time they were buying it. It was like, okay, you have this if you want it. And I wasn't the one who sold them. Mm. But we're having a conversation with them. They're my customer now. And they're talking about, you know, wanting instant messaging and presence. How how does, like, does Cisco have a product for that? At the time, Cisco still had Jabba. Like, I know they've moved on, like, a long time away from that. But they say, does Cisco have something? We're looking at competitors. And that's where, when I looked at their licensing, I'm like, well, you already have instant mm. messaging and presence. You just, they didn't know. They didn't know. And I thought to myself, if our customers don't know what they have with us, it makes it easy for them to move and go to somebody else. True. And once they start using another competitor, it might be easier for that competitor to move them off other things that they have with us. Mm. So I started asking, how do we make sure that after we've sold a customer something, they know that, okay, mm. this is the licensing I have. This is what it includes. Maybe if they're not using something and you know that from a business objectives perspective, it would make sense and help them meet that business outcome or business goal they have if they use this particular thing. But how are we helping our customers do that? And that's where I found out about the customer success mm. manager position. At the time when I was in South Africa, there was only one in South Africa and she was looking after oh, wow. only one customer success manager. Only one. Wow. Yep. And she was based wow. in Cape Town. So I was in Johannesburg. Cisco had an office in Cape Town. And that's like a two hour around two hours, like wow. the flight between the two offices. Flight. Okay. So she would be traveling. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 a distance between wow. each other. So she was traveling to Johannesburg for customers she had there and then going out into other African countries in the sub-Saharan region. And at the time I found out about her, she was on maternity leave. So I couldn't directly reach out to her because I just wanted to know, what do you do in your day-to-day job? And see if it's something that I would be interested in. So what I did at the time was I reached out to other CSMs because when you're internal in the company, you could search up people by their job title. And then I reached out to a number of people and I sent an email to people just saying, hey, this is who I am. I'm interested in the job that you're doing. I have a couple of questions, if you don't mind, like to help me understand like the role, what you do. And if you are open to it, I would love to have a call. And some people were Mm. open to having a call. Some people responded to the email because I know people can be comfortable with different things, you know, especially if they don't know you. Yeah. And some people didn't respond, which also you can expect if you're Mm -hmm. just like, you know, sending it to so many people. Mm -hmm. But that's how I got to understand what the role was about, what customer success managers do. And then from there, I started doing an internal course that was available. You know, like Mm. with companies, they can sometimes have courses that you don't have to pay for. You can sign up for something and start doing it. So I started working through that. And then six months after I started just just looking into the customer success space and speaking to different people, a, a role opened up in the Johannesburg office. They were looking for a customer success manager. I applied for it because... I understood the the role that the CSM person plays. And honestly, at the time, I had two kids. Keeping up with all of the technological advancements from a technical perspective, it mm. became very challenging yeah. for me. That was, that was something that became challenging because I didn't have as much disposable time on my hands. And I thought 
moving to a role that's less technical, but I'm still involved with yeah. the technology, it makes sense. And that's how my transition to uh, being a CSM happened. Wow. And I'm sure that like you, your experience, like your pre-sales engineer experience and your study uh, as well, that definitely helps uh, definitely helps you stand out as a CSM as well, because like, you know, you have, you, you can definitely have good advice, like tech, technical side of, a, you know, advice as well, because you're so used to, you know, the tech technical stuff. So I think uh, that really makes you unique, uh, you know, CSM. It makes a difference for yeah, sure. It makes a difference, definitely. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's so cool. Yes. Yeah, so I was like, I saw you're an engineer, but then you transitioned into customer success. I was like, oh, that's super interesting. I want to ask this question yeah. to you. Um, and also you mentioned like, you know, you, you have beautiful two kids and then like, I'm, I have huge admiration and respect uh, to all moms in the world. And then like, especially you, ha you have two kids and uh, you're working and then you also like, I, I don't know, you started your YouTube channel and content creation, I, I guess like after you moved to Canada, right? But you're still working. How did you manage your time? And then like, yeah, how did you like consistently create content and work and take care of kids and everything? What's the secret sauce? <laughs> I will say I, I'm, I haven't been as consistent as I would love to be. Mm -hmm. And I got to a point from a content creation perspective where I had to just realize that instead of focusing on I'm going to um, put out a video every single week or two videos every single week and then have this type of post on this platform. I had to focus more on the quality mm. in the information that I'm sharing mm -hmm. because people wanted to know certain things. And if I'm going to spend time on creating that content, I have to just make it make sense and work for my schedule. Mm. So if it meant I'm not uploading two videos and there was a time where I was actually trying to do that and I just burnt myself out. Yeah. I was exhausted. Yeah, <laughs> I was exhausted. So the biggest thing I would say, if you are a parent, you're working and you also want to do content creation on the side or anything else for that matter, do it at a pace that works for you. And for the most part, I, I, I will say I'm still also trying to figure out what that pace feels like for me. But I'm at a place where I create consistently now, like more consistently, I'd say, than other years. And it's largely just understanding that, okay, I have all of these other things. And there's sacrifices, I will say. Because there's weekends where maybe I'm editing like a, a video or something or in the evenings after the kids have gone to bed, maybe I'm working on it might be a script or maybe I'm going to be having a conversation with someone and I'm just going through looking at different points and mm. elements that I can ask the person just to enrich the conversation for someone who's listening for them to get the most out of that person, you know, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of sacrifices, I will say, where you might feel like, oh, I just want to watch Netflix maybe today <laughs> and not do anything. But you're like, well, the Netflix show is still going to be there next week. Yeah. You know, let me just work on this thing. And I'd say creating content in batches. So if I'm yeah. recording sit down type of videos, instead of just recording one video mm -hmm. and then the next week one video, I record maybe four videos wow. and I know that okay, four videos. I have wow. content. Yeah. <laughs> that is the biggest thing to staying consistent. Wow. Clap, clap, so clap. Just batch record, 
three to four videos you record that and then in between depending on what we're doing maybe on a weekend or a particular day there might be a vlog but Mm. the vlog side of things it's not something i'm stressing myself as much anymore because Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm always at home like there's only so much i can show you from Mm -hmm. the perspective of being at home but when there is something that's happening maybe we're going to a rib fest i'll say hey it's summer in canada rib fests are a big deal here Mm -hmm. here's a rib fest in this place if we do go to places and just building in the content creation into my normal everyday stuff maybe we're going to costco one day and i haven't done a video of grocery shopping then I'll show that experience going to Costco. Mm. If we go try out a different sh- uh, shop, for example, mm. um, just work it into my life. I think that has been the easiest way for me to create content and try and, and balance things out as best as I can. <laughs> yeah. And then one of the things about your content, the, the great things about your content is that like, I mean, like in terms of number, number speaks itself, right? Like you have like, well, almost 10,000 10, subscribers on YouTube. And I'm almost there. Almost, yeah. almost there. Almost. And yeah. then uh, what, like almost like 50,000 TikTok? Right? Is it? Is it? 80. Ter- it's a bit over 80. Yeah. 80,000. Oh my God. You're, so, you're, okay. Yeah. I'm here with a very popular TikTok and content creator. Oh my God. <laughs> you're sounding like my kids now. Yeah. But 80,000, that's like crazy. Like, and then the good thing, like, I was like really like impressed because, like, when I watch your YouTube videos and TikTok uh, content as well, like people are engaging with you and people really like appreciate your content, right? Um, yeah. You know, I find that like, I, you know, I also like create content, but like sometimes it's not easy, you know, to, to have True. a lot of engagement. So like, I was really impressed uh, by the engagement uh, that you received uh, your your audience. So like any any Thank kind of you. like tips that like that you can give to, you know, even for me as well, you know, I'm creating content, but like sometimes like, oh my gosh, I need to be more consistent. But like, oh my gosh, it takes such a long time, yada, yada, yada. Like, or any like- You know, uh, one of- Content creator, yeah. Any advice, tips, yeah. Yeah, one of the biggest things I noticed, especially with TikTok, was that people were more interested in connecting to the person. Like, who's the person behind? Yes, you're sharing Mm -hmm. all of this stuff, you know, with us. Mm -hmm. And the times where I know I saw, like, growth that was just, like, you know, a bit more steep, it's when I'll post a video, I'm sharing a particular topic, maybe this is how you do this. Maybe somebody wanted to know, how do you get your driver's license in Canada if you had it somewhere else? For example, if somebody comments something on their asking about something related unrelated but i can make a video about it and tell them about it Mm -hmm. even based from my own experiences i wasn't waiting to feel like oh okay maybe i've you know i have makeup on Mm. and everything is perfect and which is how i feel like i have been for the longest time and had been on platforms like link like um instagram instagram and so if i'm overthinking things in that way Mm -hmm. then i'm not creating yeah but on tiktok i feel like people more so yes as much as you can like have the planned out content Mm -hmm. but i also think it's important to just show up as yourself because sometimes some of the videos i make are just they're just fun you know those silly type of Mm -hmm. videos on tiktok and people get to see a different side of Mm -hmm. me that is not just like the person who's like delivering boom 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 this Mm. is the info that you need to know about this so i think that is also another 
very very important one and then with youtube i would say the biggest thing that i've seen is just listening to people like okay when they are commenting on the videos i'm responding to those comments what are they saying in those comments and a lot of times i find that you'll find there'll be common themes where you're like oh this might be a topic people are interested in hearing about. And then I can also put up maybe a story on LinkedIn just to try and connect the different uh, mm. platforms and have a reason why somebody who is following me on TikTok would want to go to YouTube or go to my Instagram. There's certain elements and things that I will share on different mm. platforms, but it's still connected just for it to make sense that someone, when they move from my TikTok and they're going to my Instagram, they don't look at everything and think, oh, it's the same thing that's on oh, TikTok. So yeah, what's the point? True. You know? So yeah. that's that's another thing I think about. Like as much as I do reshare videos, mm -hmm. I can have the same video on a, a YouTube reel on TikTok and on not YouTube reel, YouTube short, um, Instagram reel. And I can have similar videos, but it's not going to be like every single yeah, one. True. You, know, you know that, true. oh, if she posted this here, it's everywhere else. Yeah. You know, and then some of the stories are going to be, this is just on Instagram. So if you're, you're not on my Instagram, you're not seeing this. And then the Twitter as well. Twitter is one I am starting to like. Oh, wow. You, you have Twitter like as well. I, I didn't know that. Okay. Cool. It's new. <laughs> well, not new, new. Like I've been, I, I had, I opened Twitter when I was in university, then I closed it. And then I think I was in Canada, though, when I mm. reopened it, but I wasn't really like active on it. Mm. But recently, I've started being active on Twitter and I enjoy it. And that's one of the places where I feel like I'm more, it's like the in the moment, I have my planned, like, you know, this is sharing something helpful to help you with the process of moving in Canada or helping your life be easier in Canada, a resource or something that I can share. But I also have that more in the moment. Yeah, I'm thinking about something. I agree. I'm putting it in a tweet. You're not going to get that on Instagram. You're not going to get Ooh, that on my uh, yeah. TikTok. You're not going to. And I understand that it's also going to just take some time. But in the short time that I've been doing that, I think it's been now where I've just actively been posting. It's around a month. It hasn't been super long. But I'm seeing like the progress. and Really? Is wow. Coming, Twitter. Even, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, the growth okay. is coming even there, but I haven't been on it for a very long time, but I'm enjoying it. And that's the one thing I would say as well. Don't try and like spread yourself thin throughout all the platforms. Mm -hmm. Find find try them out. Find a platform, try it out. If you are enjoying it and it makes sense to fit it into your schedule and your mm -hmm. life, then do it. But I've been enjoying Twitter, but it's wow. still super new. Like it's still a new platform for me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's super cool. I think like you know, there's definitely certain certain platform that you click with the most and that you enjoy the most creating. And I agree that like you know, yeah. I feel like sometimes like. Like I encounter just like what like analysis paralysis, right? Like I, yep. yeah, I, I'm a, such a planner, and sometimes I really wish me be more spontaneous. Just like hey, just like do it now. But like you know, like yeah. for me, I, I I heard like someone says like some like I think uh, I don't know on, on podcast like he sends he's also creating content online, and then he says something like yeah on Instagram and other platform he thinks and he plan and just like posts it, but on Twitter instead of just like because like for me when i have an idea i just like open my um note my iphone note and then just like typing down and then he says like you know what i'm just gonna post it on twitter 
I'm just thinking anyway. Yeah, I'm like, just gonna, yeah. But like, I don't know why is it so difficult for me. Uh, at least for me, like, it, it's like, oh yeah. my gosh, like, let me just like think. And then you know what happens? Think I, I doesn't happen. <laughs> just think. <laughs> I feel you. Sometimes I have that overthinking and like just analyzing, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, maybe I should put. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should. Yeah. Maybe. Oh my gosh. And the weeks, the there's there's a week in particular where. I wasn't thinking things like, too, I wasn't thinking too much into things. I'm like, this is fun. I'm having fun with this. And that was the week I saw the most growth. I was, look, I showed my husband. Mm. I'm like, what is the science behind yeah. this? It's not <laughs> making sense. <laughs> but I think people as well maybe connect a lot more when they can see that this is you just just existing being yeah. you rather than you like thinking things yeah. through and I do think it translates as much as we might not see it mm. there's something about it that translates yeah and also like one of the uh, the videos that I, I I'm forever thanking to you and grateful for you honestly like one video of you introducing Hegel that went like what like one million view I mean like holy one million holy, views. that's crazy and imagine with that video I was coming back from gym I'm sitting at the in my kitchen and I was eating. I thought, ooh, I want to make a video about hey globally, wow. you know. So it was it wasn't like on the moment. Okay, I'm gonna dress up. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna dress up. And those seem to be the videos that people will really. And it it went. I thought it's a it's a resource that is very relevant for my audience, and mm-hmm. I know people are gonna mm-hmm. find it helpful. But the way that it took off, I was like. Okay, if I knew it would get to a million, (laughs) maybe I wouldn't have done it like coming back from gym. (laughs) I would have put some makeup or something. I would have maybe tried something, you know. (laughs) And who knows how my delivery would have been because maybe I would have been a bit more like, okay, this is serious now. You know, we're Mm. talking about finding jobs and, but I was like, okay, I'm just, I, I think I was having a snack or something. And then I thought, okay, I'm done with this. Let me just take the phone. Screenshots. If you are looking for jobs abroad, hey, let me put you on. <laughs> but that's amazing. And it kept getting yeah. views. And even now, like, I still see people. I'm like, oh, people are still, like, wow. finding this video. It's still finding people. So I think just leaning into that uncomfortable feeling. Because when I started doing that as well on TikTok, it felt uncomfortable. Mm. So I'm like, no, you, you're showing up online. You have to, like, you know, just showing up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just be serious about it. But yeah. yeah, I think just leaning into that uncomfortableness of showing up in the moment as yeah. you are. People I think resonate a lot. Exactly. And that's why like your audience can kind of like connect with you at a deeper level. They engage with you. They can trust you because you're genuine. Genuine. Yeah. You're very authentic. You're not just putting your makeup every single video. You're just being genuine yep. and just natural. So that's why, oh, I resonate with yeah. her. So yeah, I mean, honestly, content creation is like important. And now I, I feel like it's going to be more and more important. Content creators, I think, is going to be important to companies and brands. I think like this is a huge huge uh market and um being yeah i I really believe so um yeah but thank you so much like i mean like being more present being more spontaneous don't think too much just like create on the moment that's like the biggest takeaway yeah maybe in a couple of months or something we'll be having a conversation where i'm like 
I've cracked the code in making all this money Yes, <laughs> from yes. my content creation journey, you know, because I do have brands that are reaching out now, mm. which is very exciting and is always nice to say, okay, I'm doing this thing. I really enjoy it. I love it. And then somebody wants to pay me to, yeah. you know, do something. It's, it's, it's nice. It's crazy, it's nice. right? It's amazing. And yeah. I'm sure like this creator yeah. economy is like going up and up more and more. It is. Yeah. It definitely is. Wow. Thanks so much for sharing. I'm sure like anyone who's listening to uh, to this podcast, they're like, oh my gosh, I want to create content. <laughs> I'm inspired yeah, just now. Like just, just post that first thing, whatever it is. Yes, yes. So like who would be, you know, like, you know, who would benefit the most from your content on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, like, you know, like anyone, like, I guess like who's, interested in Canada or immigration? Yeah, I would say anyone who is aspiring to be um, an immigrant or is already one. And the focus, I will say, is a bit more on Canada. Like as much as if I see a resource that is relevant to other parts of the world, I will definitely share it. But I do think I'm just a lot more exposed to things that are in Canada because I live here. But it's more open to the aspiring immigrant, just helping you consider things that if I want to move from where I live, going abroad, what are some of the things I need to be thinking of? What are things that I need to be preparing? Once I've landed in that new place, what do I need to start thinking about learning and knowing? And a lot of the content can be a bit broad from that sense. But if you are specifically looking at Canada, then I think you're going to get like even more bonus content because I live here and it's it's what I know. So mm. I'm going to share a lot more around it. Yeah, I mean, definitely go check her, check out her, her, her social like YouTube, uh, TikTok, uh, and her her podcast and also Instagram. Like her TikTok is already like eighty k, and I'm sure like in six months, like <laughs> now is the time to connect with her and message her. You know, <laughs> in six months she's gonna have like a two hundred k, three hundred k. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I'm gonna link everything down in a show note, but like I believe it's Boozy Global, if I'm not mistaken. So you can just type yes, Boozy Global yes. and you can easily find her yeah. social so definitely check her content it's definitely i enjoy your content so much so anyone who's interested in Thank integrating you. to a new country start your new life um definitely uh go do that um so now you've been uh just a couple last question uh now you've been living in canada for i guess like four years or almost five years now uh, yeah a bit over four yeah yeah any any advice to people who are thinking of immigrating to canada so I'd say one of the biggest things, if you are thinking about it, you know, I I want to, maybe you're still thinking, I'm not sure. If you're at that, I'm not sure point of things, start doing your research. Start looking up information. If there's people you can reach out to and speak to, start doing that. But put a time frame to how long you're going to be in that research mode because you don't want to be researching and looking up information for the next five years. Yeah. <laughs> so put a time frame. To, I know a lot of people who I moved and then they're like, oh, I want to move. I'm looking into information. Three years later, oh, I want to <laughs> move. And then it, there's people, I, I promise you, every time there's a milestone that I share with our journey, they come up again and they're like, oh, I want to move. Mm. Um, I remember you shared this and that. So I would say just put a time frame to it. And then at the end of that time frame, evaluate. 
do you actually want to move? And if you don't, that's fine. You just know that I'm not going to waste my energy. You know, I know that maybe I look at people who are doing it and I I like seeing what they're doing, but it's not for me. It's not something I want to do. But if you decide that you actually do want to move, then then you need to start acting. That is the one biggest thing I will say. If you want to come to Canada... Get in that express entry pool if that's a program Mm. um, and line that makes sense for you. Because things change so quickly. I was looking at the the proof of funds. If you're going to move without a job Mm. and you need to show the proof of funds in Canada, the amount has gone up so much from the time that we moved. Mm. And if you're going to delay yourself, there's a lot of things that are going to be shifting and changing. And if you're a young person as well, age is also something that works in your favor. So if you wait four years, maybe you're 26 right now, Mm. you wait four years, now you're above 30, you're losing points with Canada's point system. So time, time is your friend, but it's also, it can be your enemy. So make it, make it work for you and just put time frames to things. And when you've made that decision, act, don't wait, don't say, I'm going to start in six months. I'm going to start and just start, start the first thing, go to the website, Canadian government's website or whatever other country you're interested in and just get to know what programs they have at, at a minimum. What programs do they have? What do I need? And if there's things you need to build up, because I know of people who started going to take French classes just mm. so they can help boost their scores. So doing things like that and having your own five-year plan where you say, okay, I can't move right now. Maybe it's finances. Maybe mm-hmm. there's something else. But you know that I have a plan and yeah. in the next three or five years, this is what I'm planning to do. So that is that is what I would say. So wow. I put time frames to things. Yeah. I love that. I love that. We, yeah, we tend to just like think, think, think in research mode and delaying our execution. And then we forget. Yeah, we forget. Oh, <laughs> Yep, until something happens and you're like, oh, yeah, I actually want to move. But now it's like three years have gone yeah. by, things have changed. So yeah, make sure you're putting timelines to things. So true. I love that. Okay, so where people can, I'm going to link everything, like your your YouTube channel and everything uh, in the show notes. But like, how can if like, for example, if any brands who want to work with you and also any any individuals who want to work with you, uh, how what is the best way to reach out to you? How people can find you? yeah so i am on instagram tiktok like all the platforms and i'd say my email address is the best place so hello at boosie.global and i have it linked in my on my instagram it's in my bio tiktok uh youtube you can find it everywhere really but i would say my email address if you want to reach out like that is the best place uh, to do it Wow, I'm like super easy. Like, hello at boozy.global. I love it. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I already remember your. <laughs> I can totally memorize your your email address. Hello at boozy.global, yeah. guys. Okay, so if anyone's interested in working with her, reach out to her. Definitely follow her uh, social media. She shares amazing content. Like all those content are free resources. Can't believe this. Like you know, yeah. so amazing. So definitely, definitely check it out. Um, yeah. Anything else that you wanna you wanna talk? You wanna you're gonna wrapping up soon. But anything that you wanna t- you wanna say before we wrap up? Well, I think I'd just say to anyone who is thinking about making the jump, go for it. 
you never know what's on the other side, right? I know one of the biggest things that a lot of people will share that I also experienced was that fear of the unknown. Like you just don't know what's going to happen on the other side, but you also will never find out unless you take that leap, you take that jump. So just go for it. Do your research, you know, your due diligence, looking into things and know that regardless of what happens, you would have gained a life experience that no one will ever take away from you, which is, is, it's priceless. It's priceless. So true. So true. All right. Thank you so much, Boozy. And I'm such an honor to have you here today. And thank you so much for sharing, you know, wonderful insights uh, and also like sharing your immigration journey. I'm sure people, uh, a lot of people listening to this podcast uh, is super inspired by your story. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Lucy. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week. Hope you learned something new from this episode and now you are motivated and fired up to make your dream come true. Make sure to share with others who might need to listen to this podcast because this is something they needed to listen to to be inspired. We never know. Lastly, be sure to subscribe and follow Self Made Express with Lucy John on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I will talk to you very soon. Thanks for being here.